It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Just win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time for the Jets-Dolphins post-game report. The Jets getting embarrassed by their longtime rivals, the Miami Dolphins, at home at MetLife Stadium today. 34-13, the final score. And believe it or not, Andy, I would argue that the score is closer than it probably should have been, or at least the way that this game went would have indicated if you were watching live. And so the Andy I'm talking about, of course, is Andy Vasquez, who covers the Jets for NJ.com. Andy, the Jets now fall to 4-7. and seven. Their playoff hopes are at under 1% per ESPN. Not that they had great playoff hopes before today. They're not officially dead, but they are circling the drain right now. The offense is just not functional, and there's going to be varying opinions on why that is and if it's okay, if it's not. I don't think it's acceptable to just be like, we lost Aaron Rodgers, and that's a wrap. And that seems to be what the Jets did. So, um, I don't I yeah, whatever. It's it's not – it's hard to watch, like I said last week, or what is that, five days ago? It's hard to watch. Um, it's hard to – imagining it getting any better because they have three quarterbacks who are basically within a few skill points if you're doing Madden ratings or whatever of this of the same skill level they're basically they do things differently but they they basically have the same ceilings they're not going to change play callers and we can get into that but we know why and they don't like they they bench they'll they'll bench Alan Lazard or something like that, but they're not going to make they don't have moves to make that are really going to make a difference a huge difference on offense uh, because they they just can't scheme up a way to get defenses off of Brees Hall and and Garrett Wilson. So it's going to be the same for the rest of the season unless there's some sort of drastic change in philosophy. And I guess that's what we're going to watch for the rest of the season. It's it, that's what it seems like. So um, I don't really know what to say other than I'm sorry to anybody who had to watch that. And also, I mean, I think we knew the game. I thought the defense hung in there pretty well. Um, obviously, they had a, Jets had a chance before halftime and should have been back in this game, and then we all know what happened. So, And if you didn't know where this season or where this game was going yet, you did after that play. So the Hail Mary. So, yep, that, it, it's just um, – you, you know, if there's any doubt about where this team's going, what this team is about, the 2023 Jets, uh, it was all pretty much answered with two seconds left in the first half. We're going to talk about this a lot in the offseason, I'm sure, and over the next couple weeks and months as well. But ultimately, I've said it before, and so have you. The Jets offseason plan felt like it was just, yay, we got Aaron Rodgers, and they didn't worry about anything else. 
they really needed to do something on the offensive line. I know people have said there's been tons of injuries, and that's true, but they knew there was an issue because they went and tried to pay Orlando Brown a ton of money, and when he said no, they said, oh, oh, well, we gave it a shot, and they decided to stick with Mekhi Becton and Dwayne Brown. I like Mekhi Becton a lot. Dwayne Brown is 38 years old, coming off a major surgery. Mekhi Becton hadn't played in two years. We're going to get into this over the next few weeks and months and in the offseason as well. But just a shoddy plan from that perspective. From a weapons perspective, we said it many times. Alan Lazard was a number three receiver at best. And now, as he's shown without Aaron Rodgers, he's not even that. I like Corey Davis, but I didn't really think he was a number two receiver. Remember, he missed a bunch of games when he was here. Drop passes, he's fine. But he's, to me, not a guy that you want as your number two receiver when you're trying to, quote-unquote, chase a championship. Then he ends up leaving, and the Jets had plenty of warning about that because he'd been missing a bunch of camp. They were being kept in the loop on what was happening with Davis. They had opportunities to do something a wide receiver. They could have drafted somebody, but more importantly, they could have gotten DeAndre Hopkins for roughly the same amount of money that Corey Davis was due to make this year. They didn't do that. As far as I'm aware, they never even tried to do anything. And so when you put those pieces together with the fact that, like you said, Andy, at quarterback, they did absolutely nothing. They had Tim Boyle here behind Zach Wilson, who is the backup after they sold us time and time again on rehabbing Zach Wilson, rebuilding him. He's going to sit behind Rodgers. Never should have had to play, but then he ends up playing. I thought he was better than you could have expected based on what happened last year. Still not good enough. Tim Boyle was never a realistic option. Kept saying that. He got in there today, and we saw exactly why. And I'm sure at some point they'll move on to Simeon, and he'll get sacked 12 times behind this line, and we'll see why he wasn't a tenable option either. And then there's Nathaniel Hackett, who is just all around incompetent. But let's get into all the nuts and bolts of this. Tim Boyle plays today, and if you're expecting anything better than what you'd seen with Zach Wilson I'm not sure why, because if you looked at what Tim Boyle did, both in college and the pros, it wasn't good. Today, two interceptions, one of them, which we'll get to in a bit, was basically, as you said, Andy, a microcosm for the entire season. 27 of 38, 179 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. I think he played worse than the box score, to be perfectly honest. There were times out there where he just looked completely lost, and a lot of that yardage came in garbage time, too. Good news, though, if you bet the over on Tim Boyle, I believe passing yards is 166, so at least you got that. Brees Hall, who had a terrible pitch thrown his way by Tim Boyle, another mess up by him, by the way, Seven carries, 25 yards, two carries for two yards for Tim Boyle, and then Dalvin Cook, one carry for two yards, nothing from Israel Abanacanda, even though we heard so much about how he was going to finally get his chance. He didn't even get in there today. The Jets barely ran the ball, and when they did, it wasn't effective. When it comes to the passing game, a lot of the numbers, like I said, came in garbage time. At least we did get to see Jason Brownlee today. He had two catches for 20 yards, but overall, just an absolute mess, and Andy, I'll send it to you with this thought. As we said, the end of that first half told everything about what's been going on with the Jets. The Jets get a pick six on Tua Tagovailoa to make the score 10 to 6 with a minute to go in the half. They ended up getting another interception of Tua Tagovailoa to get the ball with 2 seconds left. So with 2 seconds left at about midfield, they go to try a Hail Mary. This had to be the most ill-conceived Hail Mary I've ever seen. There was no thought to it, no design, nothing. 
Boyle threw it too early. He rushed it. The guy on the Dolphins was in perfect position, could have fair caught the ball. And when you looked at who was in front of him once he caught it, you could tell he had a very good chance at a touchdown because there were no athletes there to take him down. He finally juked Tim Boyle out of his pants at the end of the run, and that was it. It was one of the weirder pick sixes you'll ever see. And the Dolphins went from being up 10 to 6 and having to recover from a pick six by Tua and a second interception at the end of the half to now being up 17-6 and getting the ball to start the second half. You just couldn't script it any more Jet-like, or at least the way the 2023 Jets season has gone the last couple of weeks on offense. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the Jets made sure to make a memory for the first Black Friday game because everyone's going to remember that. And in some, in a lot of ways, I mean, to me, it's the first thing you think of is like, that's a butt fumble moment, but this wasn't in like a game where they were already out of the game. This is like, it's worse. It's, it's, it's such a, it's such a, just like, it's hard to conceive that that happened because ESPN has been tracking since 2006, Hail Mary's as a stat and it's never happened before in a Hail Mary that it was returned for a touchdown, but it did, it did happen today. Uh, it's just mind blowing. And even when the jets make technically the right decision, you know, they had the dolphins on their heels. Why not take a shot at the end zone? Because what's the point of playing if you're at the, your own 49 yard line and you're not going to take a shot at the end zone after you get an interception with two seconds left and you've just had a pick six and somehow been able to get back in this game. Why not? Why not force the issue? I mean, that's why not, but problem wasn't the decision. The problem is that they, it looked like they'd never run the play before and nobody was prepared to run it. And that just speaks to where the jets are in terms of the coaching and how detail oriented they are. I mean, it's, I hate to say it because it's, you know, I know these guys put a lot of work into this and I don't think it's for lack of trying, but it's just, that's not acceptable in terms of letting that happen. It It's just, even when they get it right and they, they make an aggressive play, that, you know, it would have been lame if they just kneeled it out to end the half, especially when they don't start the ball. So I think, like, they made the, the right decision to throw it. It's just, like, how can that be the version of the play you're putting out there? It's just, it's hard to, I mean, it's it's not hard to understand because this is why the Jets are where they're at. But, I mean, it's frustrating. And, and again, the defense just completely... You know, pl- outplaying the offense. It's not like it was the best game for the defense, but um, you guys, anybody who's watching us knows what I'm talking about. It's the defense was keeping them in games. The defense is playing well enough. The offense is actively not just not doing enough now, but actively like, hey, you you gave us a pick six. Um, okay, like we're gonna get outscored by our own defense. We're gonna get outscored by the other team's defense. Until like they they made a meaningless touchdown drive, and I think the thing that sums it up best. And look again, I understand the things have gone as bad as they could go in terms of injuries. Not as bad as they can go, but but very very poorly. I understand that. I understand that it wasn't ever going to be the same once Rodgers got hurt. But it, you don't. It, the season isn't just over, and it's just you can't. They don't score touchdowns unless it's it's luck. I mean, it's, all of it has been. Except for this, it was a 35-yard touchdown drive today. They haven't had it. When's the last time they had a real touchdown drive? The one in Buffalo was a fake punt. We've talked about the Brees Hall one-play touchdown drives 
after the KC game, three of those. So, so it's a Kansas City game on October 1st is the last time they scored a real touchdown. And there's just not an excuse for that when you have Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson out there. You have to do better. You have to try something. You have to find a way to be better than what they are. And it's not acceptable. And given all the frustration that this fan base has had to endure over the last 13 years, it's just such a miscalculation to think that you're just going to be able to get through this season where there was all this hope and hype and just say, like, screw it, it's over because we lost Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's going to be okay. And that's where the Jets are at. And it's it's not acceptable or okay. And I would be pretty frustrated if I was a Jets fan. It's hard, hard to watch as a thing. But, I mean, just look at some of these numbers. When Tyreek Hill caught his touchdown pass in the second in the first quarter for the next three quarters until the Jets scored in the fourth quarter. He had the same amount of touchdowns this season as the Jets offense nine. It's just, it's bad. I mean, I was sitting in the locker room today and I look at Jordan Whitehead and I know Jets fans have been on him for a lot of reasons, but Jordan Whitehead has more reception this season than, than Randall Cobb. So more interceptions than Randall Cobb has receptions. Whatever he's caught the ball more than him. You guys know what I mean. It's it's just like it's it's absurd. It's insane. I could keep going. You guys get it. I, I, this is the way I view it. I, I don't think it's like acceptable to just be like, well, things didn't go our way, so we're now the worst offense in the last fifteen years in the NFL because that's really what the Jets are right now. They're, they're they scored nine touchdowns in their first ten games. And no team has done that since 2009 when two teams did it, I believe. So, I mean, offensive touchdowns I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's not pretty. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Banner day for Jordan Whitehead, by the way. Missing completely on the tackle. Looked like he wasn't even trying against Tyreek Hill on the aforementioned touchdown. Rough day for the defense overall. In the first half, I thought they mostly held their own, but it almost felt like that pick six that ended the half for Miami more or less broke everybody because the second half, the Dolphins came out and they just dominated after that until garbage time when they were way, way ahead. And there were more discipline problems, Andy. This is on the coaching staff. This time it was the defense getting penalized several times in key spots. C.J. Mosley with a face mask penalty on a play that would have forced a Dolphins punt otherwise. Instead, it wound up leading to a touchdown. And then you want to look at what the Dolphins actually did on offense. This is the first time this season that the Jets have given up 100-yard receiving games to more than one receiver in the same game. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Waddell, eight catches, 114 yards. Tyreek Hill, nine catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown, like we said. And then, of course, you look at the running game, and it was a really nice day for both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Wilson, 11 carries, 56 yards. Raheem Mostert, 20 carries, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. So overall, the Jets did what they could in the first half on defense and then felt like they threw in the towel in the second half after they realized the offense just wasn't going to help them out. So today, the offense was terrible, but the Dolphins almost had a 100-yard rusher. They had 200-yard receivers. And the defense was getting penalized in key spots. A lot of frustration going on for the defense, clearly. But this was just a bad game in every way for the Jets today. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with anything you said. The defense did not play up to a standard. I will, I'm will. i more apt to give the defense a pass, considering that 
they they kept the Jets somehow within four points. Which is so absurd. The Jets did nothing in the first half. They kept it within four points until the final two seconds until the Jets did less than nothing, which was hand the other team a touchdown. So, again, I'm with you. The defense should, I mean, it has to be better. It was, and there were, and the first drive, you know, he'll gash them pretty good, and they weren't perfect, but I, I just can't get my heart behind bashing the defense right now. I, the, the discipline stuff, yes. The missed tackles, I, I understand. The frustration, I, I don't think I've ever seen and I've watched the Adam Gates Jets, but I don't think I've ever seen like such a, you just know, like, did you, did you think after, especially after that happened in the first half, what, what Jets fan thought that their offense was going to score again or score enough to, to get them back in the game. And I just think that that is a hard condition to play under. And I do think that that is where this miscalculation by the Jets in terms of like, let's just, Let's just punt on this year is basically like they said that they weren't doing that, but then every every one of their actions is that they're doing that because they just didn't take any chance to make the team any better, as if this year doesn't matter anymore. So, um, yeah, I just think that that was a huge miscalculation, and it's going to have consequences in the fan base and in the locker room. And I mean, it's, you can see it. I think you could see it with what happens to the defense. You could see it with Brees Hall after the game. Needing to be consoled on the sitting on the bench by by Quincy Williams because these guys are frustrated. Garrett Garrett Wilson just basically being like, I don't have anything positive to say to you. I'm not gonna you know fake it. So it's it's just it's a dire bad situation and like oh Aaron Rodgers will be here next year to fix it. It isn't gonna fly. I will also say when it comes to Nathaniel Hackett, I tweeted this out too. It's amazing to me that the Jets found a way to get a Hackett worse than Paul and an offensive architect worse than Adam Gase. Because at least with Adam Gase, he would script a good opening drive and then it would all fall apart. You don't even get that from Nathaniel Hackett. It's very clear at this point that Nathaniel Hackett is very good at watching movies and having fun at practice and becoming friends with Aaron Rodgers. But unless Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback, it's going to be a disaster if he's the offensive coordinator Andy any injuries we need to be made aware of and take us inside the locker room I'm sure it wasn't exactly the most pleasant or happy place today even though it was Black Friday yeah I've got a I, I don't think the injuries even came up with Salah and I'm trying to remember now because obviously it took such a turn there with uh, with that that Hail Mary I, I don't feel like there was anything notable and if, if there was something that that cropped up that you saw. I don't even remember really any injuries being announced in the in the press box. So I think Ashton Davis went out briefly at one point. Um, and, you know, Garrett Wilson is dealing with that elbow. And they may have looked at him at the bench, but I think everything, everybody's fine. You know, obviously, no, no Makai Becton today, and that'll be something to watch what the Jets do with with him when Dwayne Brown comes back. But I think, you know, that's, that's some of the good news is that the Jets got out of this relatively unscathed injury wise. Yeah. The locker room was just like, it's, it's grim. It's just, that's how it is at this point. It's guys don't know what to say. I mean, there's just stuff that like Tyler Conklin was asked if he thinks the offense is close, which of course, Salah has been saying for a couple of weeks now. And he, he responded, is that a trick question? And I don't, I mean, I don't know, like, how else to just these guys, they don't, they don't know what to say. 
Like I guess like Garrett Wilson came up and was like, look, I'm not, I can't be say I'm being positive about this. I can't, I got nothing for you. I mean, we're trying, it's just not happening. And I don't, I don't know what to say. And I'm frustrated. And he said, I asked him if there's been in a situation like this and that you can remember, he compared it to last year. And we all know how frustrated he was and the Jets were at the end of last year. So, um, you know, that's where this team is, is at right now. And Brees Hall, again, he said about the Hail Mary kind of became a story that, you know, he was surprised that they went for it. But then in the same answer, he says like, but that's, you want them to call that play for you. You want them to give you the chance and we didn't execute. And yeah, like Salah took the responsibility for that. He said he, you know, allowed them to go for it. And that's what a head coach does. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that decision. It's just like, how are they so woefully unprepared for that? Uh, Robert Sala was asked about Nathaniel Hackett and if he will be making a change at play caller. He said he's it's not under, under consideration. There was a follow-up. Why is it under consideration? And Robert Sala did not handle that very well. Uh, there was a long pause. And then he said, you know, I have a, I have a long answer for you, but it's an answer for another day. And then at the end of the answer, he said he didn't have an answer. I mean, we all know the answer, and it's a tough spot for Salah to be in, but it doesn't – he's the head coach. It's a question that he needs to be accepting of and prepared for. It can't just be you're not going to get asked about why you're not changing your offensive coordinator or altering his duties when you're presiding over a historically bad offense and, and have a have a couple of really good weapons. So um, I, I think the answer, as we all know, is that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back in 2024 at the latest, and he wants Nathaniel Hackett to be his offensive coordinator because he said several times he wants that Hackett was a big reason that he came to the Jets, and the Jets aren't going to risk Rodgers not wanting to come back. Um, that's really what's happening here. So, but by moving on from Hackett or demoting him or embarrassing him and and pissing off Hackett, who you know didn't even have to coach this year could have just sat at home and collected his million. So again, it's not a good situation. It's not an easy situation for for Salah to, to have to answer those questions. But also he gets paid a lot of money and the fans have it's not easy for the fans who have to watch this offense right now. Uh, because the Jets are putting a terrible product out there. So yeah, the, the frustrate I mean just it's just overall, you know, you're seeing more and more frustration like I said with Brees Hall. Um you said, you know, you're doing everything you can and, and it's just not enough. And, you know, there's some pressing going on, but it's just overall. And they were, you know, defending the coaching staff, all of this stuff about, you know, all the stuff we've seen in the past where there was all this, you know, mixed messaging in the interview room. It's It seems to have – it's it's still out there on social media from some of these guys at times, but they seem to have cleaned it up in the interview room. Um, but I think – there's more and more frustration and you know, the defensive guys are frustrated too. And just don't, I think like nobody really knows what to say at this point. So it's an awkward situation. The other interesting thing that came out of Salah's press conference today is that Alan Lazard was benched a healthy scratch after the jets committed. It's a four year, $44 million contract. But it was two for 22 guaranteed. And Salah was asked why he was benched. And he basically was like, Alan needs to play better and we're challenging. It's like basically saying that we're trying to light a fire under his ass um, because we think he can play better and be the person 
he know we know he can be. But he also started the answer by saying that you know Allen's going to be here for another year, year and a half, which basically is like that's what's left in terms of guaranteed money on his contract. And <laughs> usually eight months after signing a guy, you're not saying like basically you're not starting an answer about why you benched him, saying, um, "Well, we're stuck with him for another year and a half." I, I, again, I'm not trying to be like mean or funny. It's just like how we that's how that that came across and. Um, it's it's honest. It is true. It's like he's been bad, man. So he's been he's been as bad as you could ever imagine. And I like Alan Lazard. I wrote a story about him and his mental health coach. I think he's a nice guy, but it's just been he's played really poorly. He's brought nothing to the table. So this is what happens, and it's not pleasant for a coach. It's not pleasant for the players. Um, as much as a lot of people think we enjoy writing and asking about this stuff, it's not pleasant for us. But it's our, the, my job, and it's our job, and. That's what we do. So um, not pleasant. That, that That's the scene from the Jets locker room and six games left. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting how it all pans out from here. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, a pleasant scene right now. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the Jets losing to the Miami Dolphins on Black Friday, the first ever Black Friday game. And another great holiday memory for Jets fans. We got the butt fumble, and now we've got the long pick six at the end of the first half to add to that list. Really appreciate you hopping on. For those that want to check out your work over at NJ.com, what do you got cooking the next couple of days, and how can people follow you on social media? Yeah, I will break down all of the things that happened uh, that weren't they weren't great, but we'll talk more about Lazard and where the Jets go next. We'll, t- we'll talk about Hackett. We'll talk about... Um, you know what they can take positively out of the rest of the year. Unfortunately, we'll have to start looking at the draft and all of that. So we will we will keep covering this team and, and try to and I'll keep finding interesting angles and and insight. And there are still a lot of really good players on this team who are going to be important parts of Jets' future, which there is still some hope for. And it is uh, it's just frustrating. I feel for Jets fans. I'm, I, you know, and I think. I'll be talking to some Jets fans about some stuff too in the near future, which you'll see. So yeah, it's it's just a it's a rough situation, and uh, I'll try my best to keep covering it as fairly and honestly as I can, and we'll go from there. Make sure you check out everything Andy's doing at NJ.com. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. We've got the John Frank Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. 